Hi people, welcome back to Dr. Sam's Musings. Hope you're having a great week so far. Um, pardon my voice, I have a bit of a throat infection going on. Um, yeah, did you catch the last episode, the one about friendships versus acquaintanceships? Let me know what you think. Did it help you? Did it give you like a light bulb or, you know, epiphanous moment as you try to categorize your relationships with your friends? And, you know, just let me know what you thought about that um, episode. So I'm um, still on the relationships bandwagon. Today I wanted to talk about our relationship with parents and it's going to be via two approaches, um, parents as regards our parents and parents as regards the kind of parents that we are to our children. So I don't want to talk too much about the other aspect because I'm still going to talk about relationships with children um, as a whole topic, but I still I can't talk about parents without kind of reflecting on the other side as well. So I'll give a little background about how I was raised and because it's going to kind of form the theme for the whole episode. So I was raised in a household where I never, ever, you know, doubted that I was loved. It was just it was just there that I was loved. I never felt um, some type of way. But um, I grew up in the kind of household where my mom was the affectionate one. My mom was the was the the one that we all kind of gravitated towards. I was, as was very common in our time. And even now, I dare say, my dad was pretty much a provider. He was just daddy. He was one that when he was in the room, you sat up a little bit straighter. He was one that, you know, if they said, if you got in trouble and they said they'll call your mom, you'd relax. When you say, I'm going to call your father, you would start begging. He was that one. He was the disciplinarian. He was the strict parent. Um, and I didn't have that much of a relationship with my father until probably my mid teenage years and then that lasted and that grew and lasted till he died um, may god bless his soul um so yeah so i grew up in that kind of household where it was mommy it was mommy 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 and then daddy just paid school fees paid this paid that showed up for pta meetings and things like that so i didn't really um start enjoying my father-daughter relationship probably until my mid-teenage years and even early on it was very it was it was you know touch and go but towards the end of my dad's life dad's life when we started to talk more on an adult level because i think once you become a parent yourself the paradigm kind of shifts once your parents see you as an adult and they see the things that you are achieving and they see you know you take charge of your life and they see how you know well you're managing and things like that the the moment that you cross the line from love and affection to respect with your parents the paradigm shifts and you kind of become a friend I don't know if I'm making any sense. So your parents love you. Like my, I've never doubted that my father loved me, even when we didn't have much of a relationship. There was love. You know, I always, you know, my mom was very affectionate. Even my dad, you know, in his own way as we grew older. Um, but the paradigm shifted into friendship and respect as I grew into my own. And there were many more reasons for them to see me as an adult. And, that, you know, and as an adult that was doing own thing I, you know i got married i had my babies i was running good businesses they would see me in the papers you know so there was just there was just a lot of the the, the paradigm literally shifted and it was after that paradigm shifted that my dad and i started to have some really really deep conversations and it you know a conversation that i will never ever forget was when my dad turned 17 i went on holiday with him and my mom and I remember we were going on we were going on a road trip we had about an hour or an hour thirty minutes road trip somewhere and he 
he poured his heart out to me. We talked about so many things, most especially his regrets as a father. And I remember him saying, um, you know, he regrets spending his formative years being a provider instead of being a father. So I wanted to approach it from this perspective because I realized that there are a lot of people that have a lot of resentments for their parents. There, I mean, many people that were raised in loving homes, but I do know that a significant number of people, especially in our, you know, climb, have a lot of resentments for their parents, you know, because of so many reasons, abuse, um, you know, just all sorts of reasons. And I'm taking it from this angle because I remember my dad made a statement where he said, we, I just didn't know any better. That was all I knew. And, you know, you realize that, it's always a case of they start out a certain way and they can't retract they can't retract their steps they can't go back because they don't they don't know what else to do and <clears throat> and they're already kind of in too deep so it's not like parents wake up and they're like oh i'm going to be a horrible parent to my child but sometimes they find themselves there largely because cycles repeat and largely because that's how they were raised that's what they had been exposed to and it's just, we, you, we don't even realize how easy it is psychologically to slip into cycles. You hate when something is happening to you, but you find yourself when you're in that position repeating the same thing. That's where cycles come from. And remember that our parents didn't have social media. They didn't, therapy was not a thing that was accepted in their time. And in, in, in their generation, especially with the men, there was a lot of ego and mini God syndrome where there was, they didn't believe that there was anything wrong with them. So there was nothing to seek help for as you got parenting. They weren't reading books on parenting. I mean, even if they, they were reading books on parenting, you know, when you read something and then everybody around you is doing things a certain way. <clears throat> It's very easy to call, you know, that book, mm, all these Oyubo books. Because I, I remember very vividly one a conversation that my dad we had with my dad when we were young. And he was like, oh, we were looking for an Oyubo father. All these things that we watch on TV. So um, I just, I think as I grew older and I began to understand things better, I realized that, look, a lot of parents just did what they knew, what they knew how. They didn't, they didn't have anybody to guide them. They didn't have anybody to you know, show them how to be a parent. In fact, they didn't even know what it meant to be a parent. So the the fathers, a lot of the fathers were like military men, very, you know, controlling, very, um, they were the, the, the fathers were the bad cops. And then the moms were the ones who had to overcompensate because, you know, they were the soft ones. So they, they either sports the kids or just overcompensated just to kind of balance things. I don't know if this rings true for anybody, but I know that in in a lot of the homes that I was exposed to, this was the setting. The man was the provider. And even if he was an excellent provider, he was in the early years, especially there was just no relationship per se with the children. Um, and then the mom on the flip side was one that was always there and was the, was the one that provided the emotional and whatever support. And oftentimes she was the one that kind of supports the kids just to be a good cop. Um, but growing up and becoming a parent for my, by myself, there's so many things that I 
was irritated by as a child that I'm just like, look, these people did not know any better. And we know in the holy books, like we know in all faiths, I think even atheists, I think there's an unspoken rule that your parents should be honored. And in the in Islam, the only people, the, the first group of people that you honor after God are your parents. And there's no ifs and buts about it. The clause is not honor honor your parents only if they've been good parents to you. Honor your parents only if your your dad was your bestie. Honor your parents. No, the, there, there's no ifs or buts. There's no clause. The only time that you're you're allowed not to you know do what your parents ask you to do whatever is if they're calling you to evil or they're calling you to bad and even then you are not you know you don't have the right to be rude or be disrespectful or be mean or be harsh towards them islam and i know christianity as well because i do know the ten commandments say that you have to honor your parents you have to treat them um with honor and respect and dignity and i dare say that this clause is there i mean forget you know how they toiled and how they provided and all the things that they do that they did it especially in your early years to to raise you to where you are but also because i think god himself recognizes the immense challenge that it takes to be a parent it's one of the hardest things in life, especially when you want to raise children to a certain degree. I was very, very pushed by my dad because I was intelligent academically. And my dad pushed and pushed to the point that by the time I got to probably senior secondary school and university, I just wanted to be average. I was tired of being expected to do extra, you know, and my dad pushed and pushed and pushed because in his own heart, what he was aspiring for was for me to tap into my excellence and to set myself apart you know but he didn't you know put take into consideration what i wanted and i always say to everybody who cares to listen when they say oh how was it easy for you to leave medicine i'm like because i had no business being a doctor in the first place i was very very carefully and psychologically conditioned to become a doctor both my parents are medical doctors and i mean from the jump none of my brothers showed any interest in being doctors and i I did because, I mean, first of all, I was an only daughter and I just wanted to be like my mom when I was younger. And so they, they very carefully nurtured me on that line. And I had the academic smarts for it. But deep in my heart, I'd always been a creative. I'd always been a creative. I'd always been the child that would write books, that would draw and color, that would, I'd always been a creative. So I feel like if my parents had kind of looked at me more for me than for them they would have seen that look this child you know this one let's just send her to go and do something that but a lot of parents in that generation lead vicariously through their children and i remember um <laughs> i remember second year medical school anatomy lab and i was thinking what in god's name am i doing here this is not where i want to be so it was no brainer to anybody that even when I was in medical school, I had a gifts job and I started to, I had a little fashion designing business. It was no brainer because my natural inclination was always creativity. But, you know, looking back now, I just realized that my dad just, you know, he, he, he kind of had his, my life planned out for me based on what he thought was best for me. Up until the fact, up until the point that even after I became a doctor and I was running Fusion, he would still call me and poke and poke and poke and, you know, do this and do that. And I've told this story so many times about how the day that my dad let up about the whole medicine thing was the first Fusion event that we had uh, in Lagos. And it was such a fluke thing that happened that, so we were supposed to use, um, 
a different hall. It was a smaller hall. I think it was called their grand ballroom, but they had some sort of issues that day. So they put us in like the huge hall and everything was just very grand looking and whatnot. And it was the first fusion event that my father attended. I think maybe probably the only one that he attended. Um, he was in VI at that time. I remember I flew, I'd flown in from Abuja. We'd been doing fusion in Abuja for, for maybe, we had maybe like two or three um, editions in Abuja. And then there was a Lagos one and my dad flew, I, I'd flown into Lagos. And I remember we'd had a conversation the, the night before and he was concerned about how the thing was expanding. You know, now you're, you're even having Lagos events. This thing is going to completely take you away from medicine. Don't leave something that is guaranteed for something that can, you know, fall apart and things like that. And so he was in VI around the time of fusion and he stopped by and I promise you that my dad stayed for how many hours he was at the door introducing himself to people as Samia's dad. And that night he came to me when I got back home and he was like, ah, that soon Samia will be, I mean, daddy's girl. So I always, every time I needed like soft business, soft business loans or any kind of loan, I'll hit my dad up and say, even after marriage, I'll say, daddy, give me one million or give me 500k, I'll give you back next week. So he came and he was like, ah, soon we're the ones that would be coming to ask you for business loans. And he was like, I didn't know that this was what you were doing. I didn't know that it was this well organized. I didn't. I'm like, but you didn't ask. You, you never asked me what it was like. You just had a problem with me doing anything outside of medicine. And he said something in Yoruba. He said, are you more, you know, like, is this not knowing, you know, that keeps causing these things? Because they do have your lives your your life mapped out in their head based on their own expectations of what success looks like or based on their own you know wishes and wants for you they want you married by a certain time they want you married to a certain type of person like my dad oh my goodness every guy that came there was a comma he's not from lagos he's not from this so even when i was going to get when my husband and i you know decided to get married i had to write a note to my father and i i, I started by telling him telling him all the excellent qualities that this guy had and then i slipped it in that no he's not a yoruba person from lagos because my dad did not only want me to marry a yoruba person he wanted me to marry a yoruba person from lagos and my dad had you know, an issue with that until he started to investigate as is, you know, right in Islam, when your child wants or someone from your family wants to marry, you have to investigate the person and investigate the person's family until he began to investigate and he realized that, look, this is actually, you know, a good boy from a good home. So my dad, as an only daughter, he had, I'm sure he had picked some families, said that ah, maybe Samia will marry into this family, will continue the friendship. So they have your life mapped out. And sometimes, we, you know, we do disappoint them, whether knowingly or unknowingly, as we try to chart our own, you know, courses. But I, my point is just we have to kind of also understand that most parents, I know that some parents are really, really severely damaged. And no matter what anybody says, they passed on a lot of toxicity to their own children. But a lot, most parents just want the best for their children. They just, they just, unfortunately, it might not be what the child sees as best for themselves, but a lot of things that they do or say come from a place of love. And, you know, my mom, for example, is, um, you know, we've always been quiet. My mom raised me more like a friend than even as a daughter because, as I said, I was the only daughter. And again, she overcompensated um, um, just to be good good cop to my bad cop, to my dad's tough cop. I won't even say bad cop, just tough cop. And um, my mom, on the flip side, was, you know, very soft. I, I, I remember my mom 
my mom smacking me only once and the next day she had body pains and she even did it from a place of fear because i remember my older brother and i walked one crazy distance to go to my cousin's house and i think she was so scared like you did what what if something had happened but my mom and i have always been quite um close we're very different in mentality in a lot of things but we're very close and you know even talking to her now i remember the day that she said uh, she was asking me for advice was for something and she said uh you know, Sam, you are no more longer just my daughter. You are now my friend. You've, you, you're you my friend. You know, the the, the, t- the table has shifted. You're now my friend. And we, my mom and I talk a lot. My mom is very blunt. Everybody that knows my Dabs knows that she would give you some oral bombs that will floor you. But her heart is always in the right place. She, she is one of the most selfless human beings I have ever met. I know everybody says that about their mother. But my mom is one of the most selfless human beings. Yeah, I mean, you can get it with a side of insults or <laughs> something, but she's one of the most selfless people I've ever met. And, you know, growing up now and with the challenges that everybody faces, you know, sometimes just talking to my mom, I just realized that, look, these are just us in older bodies. They have the same insecurities. They have the same fears. They, they're just us in older bodies. So everything that I do now, I'm very cautious because I'm like, actually when I'm talking to my mom, I'm like, in a few years, this is how I'm going to be with my children. No matter how much you assume, oh, I'm going to be a cool mom. I'm going to be a better mom. There's some things that are kind of cast in stone that, you know, will happen. You know, you would, there will be that generational gap. There will be certain your children will laugh at you for not knowing some things. You know, you would want what's best for them, but there might sometimes it clashes and it just makes me a lot softer and a lot more tender towards them. Yes, we do clash because but like I said, my mom my mom can't throw oral bombs. My mom says some things that you're just like, wait, how did you say that? And sometimes for my own <laughs> sanity, I just keep a little distance. But you know, at the end of my mom is solid um and it's it's very comforting knowing that you have someone that always has your back someone that always will is always willing to listen and give advice uh my mom hardly takes things personal she's very self-deprecating she'll make she'll make fun of herself um and that's that's a habit that i've taken from her because as a child i was very sensitive but now i found that there's so much power in being able to laugh at yourself it takes the power away from other people so i've kind of imbibed that a bit i i, I can laugh at myself a lot more now than when i was a child it was one of the things that i i loved most about her you couldn't you couldn't get a rise out of her she would laugh with you or laugh at herself <laughs> first before getting upset at something that someone said so that's one of the traits that i admired most about my mom and that I'm trying to teach my children as well. Um, so I'm just saying that we parenting, we have to understand that a lot of a lot of the things that our parents do, a lot of things that they say, it's just because they didn't know any better. And if you want to break patterns, if you want to break cycles, if you don't like how your parents parented you, you want to, it takes a lot of deliberation and it being intentional, a lot. Um, I remember when we, we we just got married and my husband and I were having a conversation and he said something along the lines of, oh, but this isn't how my parents did. And I asked him one question. I said, do you want to model your marriage after your parents' marriage? Like, did, was your parents' marriage so beautiful that you want to model it? And he was like, no, I want better. And I'm like, same. So we cannot repeat the things that they did. And it's the same thing with parenting. Like from the jump, I had a conversation with my husband. We are not going to hit our children. Because I saw, 
you know, how that escalated with my dad and my brothers, you know, you know, from smacking to getting a belt to smack the bomb bomb to kin, it just escalates because I feel like when you hit your children, it shows sometimes um, you, you don't have any other way to get to them except by beating. And it escalates. The older they get, the worse it becomes. And what it does is it just drives a war between you and your children. So I said from the jump that we're not going to beat our children. No matter what happens, we're not going to beat. There are other ways to discipline children. There are other ways to get to a child than beating. Because oftentimes, when you beat a child, is is more of a lack of, you know, controlling yourself. You don't know what to do. You're exasperated. So you, you exert power over that child. So my father beat you know, I, I, my, me, I was a girl, so I hardly got beaten, but I know that my brothers chopped plenty beating. I, I wasn't beaten. I mean, <laughs> not, I mean, when I was younger, yeah, smack on my bum, belt on my hand, but I wasn't beaten as it, as, you know, I grew older, but I saw, I saw the effect of that. I saw, and from, even from a young age, I knew that I would never bring that into my home. Um, so it's very important to note that, you know, whilst there might be things that our parents did, that we didn't particularly like. We don't have the choice. We don't have the right to dis to dishonor them. We don't have the right not to take care of them if we have the means to. Um, this is one of the fastest and easiest ways to get to paradise. If you honor and take care of your parents, and your parents pray sincerely for you, you you would find success. It's 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 just casting stone. If your parents are happy with you, chances are you will be successful because there's nothing. When you think about how you pray for your children now the sincerity, how you cry, how it moves your spirits. It doesn't change just because you are 40 years old or 50 years old. Your parents are still praying for you that way. So every time I have any major events coming up or anything, I'll call my parents, oh, my dad, I'll call my parents and say, ah, please pray for me, or oh, I'm doing this, or oh, I'm doing that, or oh, I'm worried about this, I'm worried about that. And like I said, the paradigm shifted. Like every time I had any issues or whatever, I'll call my dad, I'll call my mom, and I'll say, ah, this is what I'm dealing with. And you know, they'll give their own advice and they'll pray. Even if it wasn't, you know, in tandem with what I wanted to do, I still appreciated that. Um, so I don't want to drag on too much. My point is just we might not have appreciated or liked how our parents parented us, but we have to understand that it's a lot of times it's just repeated cycles. It didn't do any better. There wasn't as much exposure to resources and, you know, trainings as we have now. So they didn't know better. They, they just went ahead with what everybody else was doing or how they were raised. So we need to cut them some slack. There should be some empathy. There should be some understanding, especially if you have become a parent yourself. And if there's something that they didn't like, please understand that, that, that they did that you didn't like. Please understand that it's not going to be automatic that you're going to drop it. It's going to take a lot of deliberation and intentionality on your part, <coughs> not to repeat, you know, the cycles of parenting that your parents had with you. You have to stop and say, okay, this is how I was raised. I don't want to raise my children this way. I'll be very deliberate, but not to the point that you tip completely to the other side because psychologists have shown that when you're running away from a particular behavior, it's either you actually end up doing the exact thing or you tip over to the other side, which can be equally as detrimental. So you have to be very conscious about not repeating patterns and deciding what to take and what not to take because, I mean, most of us, you know, no matter how you know, tough or no matter how, whatever any parents are, they still, they still had a lot of good sides. So take the good sides and drop the bad sides. But ultimately, 
you know especially as you grow older be there for your parents support them take care of them um you know the the tables have turned they used to be the strong ones as they're getting older they're getting weaker so you have to be there for your parents you have to if you can provide for them um a lot of us don't have parents that need us to provide for them they don't they've done well for themselves they're they're, they're solid without us but you need it even for want. they want to feel loved they want to be feel cherished they want to feel appreciated and i remember one time that i sent an email of appreciation to my dad he even though he replied with maybe just like five lines but it was something that he kept referring to over and over again so i knew that he really really appreciated you know just me taking time to tell him that look i know that we complain about a lot of things that you did but i know that your intentions were pure your executions might have sucked but i know without a shadow of doubt that your intentions were always pure you always wanted the best for us but sometimes you didn't stop to think is this what this person wants for herself how about i look at what she wants as well you know my dad was very black and white there was no gray if he said that you couldn't do this there was no trying to okay why do you want to do this what is in it there he didn't want to know about anything that he wasn't interested in and sometimes you know we're shooting when you're raising boys as with my brothers that's hard when boys have a lot of energy and you're trying to confine them or trying to it it's there's, there's going to be some rebellion there's going to be some a lot of kickback so that was where i felt like my dad got things wrong he should have taken time to understand more of my brother's interests and more of their you know the directions that they were taking and you know just tried a little harder instead of trying to impose himself upon them so from all of this all i'm saying is yes a lot of us had you know a parent or parents that were like oh god you know why are you doing things this things this way a lot of us didn't develop proper relationships with our parents until you know later and if you had that from childhood i mean i mean amazing that's really really beautiful but many people i know actually in nigeria didn't so um all i'm saying is there's some level of forgiveness that has to come in especially if you had a really bad and understanding if you're a parent now that look they did things only how they knew they they they, they did things only how they knew and uh, give them a chance take care of your parents love them honor them um for the sake of god if even if then they're still because some parents are awful throughout their lives even if they're still not good to you you pay your dues play your part provide for them do nice things for them i know that you're doing it for the sake of your own soul and for the pleasure of god but ultimately you know if you're still blessed to have your parents take it please take care of them especially your mother in islam it says that paradise lies at the foot of your mother and even in islam it says honor your mother three times even before your father so honor your parents take care of them love them you know provide for them even the things that they don't they don't they don't need you know just just do nice things for your parents be very determined to make them smile in as many ways as you can and always ask them to pray for you as you pray for them um the best gifts that you can give your parents is after they leave to be a pious child because in islam parents get the reward of raising a pious child even after they are dead and gone so a pious child is sadaqajaria so build yourself up so that even when your even when your parents are dead and gone you become you know a reason why they're still getting blessings and rewards from god and yeah i would you know really really delve into this when we talk about relationship with children but i hope that you know this talk has helped you sort of unpack <laughs> some feelings towards your parents because i feel like some people cannot voice out their emotions about their parents because they feel like oh i can't talk about that but i 
I feel like if you don't unpack certain things, if you don't sift through certain things, you will find yourself repeating the same patterns in your children and in your parenting styles. So pick through what worked for you and what didn't work for you and really try to understand. It's not enough to just say, oh, I didn't like what you did. There are many things that we don't like that are actually good for us. Um, I wish that I, sometimes I look at my, the way that I raise my children, I'm pretty much, I, I, and I wish that I could be a little bit sterner, but it's just not in me. Um, but I do appreciate that sometimes you have to take a very stern hand with children. I wish I had more of that because it does get things done. <laughs> um, so all I'm saying is there, there's the good sides and bad sides to everything. Take the good sides in what your parents, you know, did and try and understand that and, you know, just let go of any resentment or pain or whatever that you felt towards them by dealing with it, not just by sweeping it through under the carpet. Deal with it. If it was really bad, honestly, seek therapy because what you would hate is for you to become the same parent to your children that you hated that your, your parents was to you. Seek therapy, help yourself through it, and just be very, very, you know, determined and intentional to be a better version when it's your turn. I hope I've made some sense and I hope that I would have your listening here again next week Wednesday. Have an amazing rest of the week, guys. Bye.